0: Two, one. Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome back to the Bricks in the Wall. So we have a returning guest today, a really good friend of mine, Steve, a young guy. He's from the East Coast. Um, We had a conversation about maybe eight or ten episodes ago. It was called Beach Life with Steve. Um, Like I said, again, a young kid who's in a college town. He can, ride to the, he can ride his bicycle to the beach. And we just had a cool, chill conversation last time, kind of like the Joe Rogan show, and I kind of want to aim for that again. So we won't really have a topic today, uh, but if we do have, I uh, have something I pulled up that me and Steve were kind of talking about. It was about uh, the eight reasons why millennials are unhappy. And it's a pretty interesting list because I can be considered a millennial, and I'm 33, I just feel lucky that I got to experience life right before the internet really grabbed a hold of everything, but we're going to bring on Steve. How are you doing, Steve?
1: Hey, I'm doing great.
0: What's going um, on, brother? Uh, it sucks. We're kind of fighting with the time. We're kind of finding hard to schedule a meeting, but we're here.
1: Yeah, stuff gets in the way sometimes, but I'm glad we can make this happen.
0: yep. Yep. So you're in school right now, brother, Are you're on break, or what's what's going on with you? Um, I'm
1: in school, so semester just started again, a couple weeks, maybe, um, this week was the first full week, so last Wednesday is when we started, um, I'm not too uh, upset with my schedule, I'm taking two Spanish classes, so Oh yeah. I love, I love learning the Spanish stuff, the nitty gritty.
0: Do you kind of understand it?
1: Yeah, so um, my dad's from Mexico, so I grew up speaking in the household. Oh, shit. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did we talk about that last time? I don't even I don't know if so. we did. I don't think so. Yeah, so so my dad is from Mexico. My mom is white, so I'm Chicano.
0: Um, oh, shit. But you yeah, can speak but, Spanish.
1: Yeah, I do speak Spanish. Okay. I hablo Espanola uh, aquí en la universidad. <laughs> That's, <great>. la casa. <laughs> That's
0: awesome, bro.
1: Yeah, so it's actually funny, though, because like my family, my uncle loves. He's like, yeah, we we speak the ghetto Spanish, like you know, we speak that slang. And then I come over here, and it's like all the professional shit. It's like very, you know, yeah, proper. They the, yeah, proper, and they use the vosotros, and like we oh, don't use yeah. that.
0: Fuck all. That. I don't do all that shit. I just speak yeah, it dude. It's I don't, I, it, I don't like it. Yeah, no, but that's good, man. That actually reminds me when I was a kid. Uh, me and my dad were taking a walk at the park, and I remember this so clearly. I don't know why, but I still remember it often. He would tell me every mind is a whole world so within each person they're seeing the world through a certain lens now if you add to that language if you speak two languages you basically have two worlds in your own mind so if you think about it like we here in america we have documentaries movies um shows and we think maybe that's all there is but then think about the fact that there's japan i mean they have their own documentaries their own shows Uh, France, their own documentaries. So each one is kind of making their own things in their own culture, in their own world. But if you broaden your horizons and can learn multiple languages, then you can see the world through so many lenses. And I think that's just so badass because sometimes I'll hear things and then I'll kind of translate them in Spanish or try to translate them to somebody that I would want to share it to. And there's deeper insights or different ways you can go about like explaining it or translating it
1: and i feel like when you speak that second language like i don't really know how to put it into words but like you like open up your mind in a different way Yeah. because you access some other type of i don't even know what how to describe it if there's a scientific way to describe it or more philosophical but it feels like you can literally feel your brain like shifting in a way
0: yeah well there there is a way to scientifically explain it i read a while back that the the way that um Asian language is just because it's pictorial you know it's not letters they're drawing like symbols Just mm-hmm. the fact that it has to do off of that it, it means that you, the brain of a, pe- a person speaking an Asian language Works different from a person sleeping uh, talking in English language So for example, I think on the people speaking Asian the the left side of the brain I think the one that has to do with more of art uh, uh, art, art type of thing, dreams, visions, pictures, that type of thing, and when someone speak in English, they speak more with a rational, mathematical type of uh, view. So just in that, you can see how the brains speaking just work differently, having different parts of the brain fire off. And I just think that's fucking badass.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I think I've seen something like that. Like they did a some kind of study where they had the Asian people like. Something popped up on the screen and they had to recall it or something. Um, but I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. And but just, I also, sorry, go ahead. I also took to heart. You said um, how when you're learning a different language, you're like learning a different world. You said that on a different podcast. And I like took that to heart and I started listening to more music in Spanish. Because right. I was like, right. damn, he's right. I'm like missing out on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So that yeah. was like the first thing I did.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. We're missing out. Could you imagine if you knew every language? Hey, how much more you could have a clearer understanding of the world or just how people see things?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I feel like some, sometimes something that we can't get past as a society is the language barrier because yeah. there's a language barrier with the communication and the language barrier also brings the culture behind it. And mm-hmm. the culture is so different everywhere.
0: Right, right. And you can even say some things, but you wouldn't understand it unless you came from that culture.
1: Exactly,
0: And that, that yeah. reminds me of the movie, have you seen The Revenant?
1: Yeah, I have seen that movie.
0: So there's this part where I guess the Englishmen are here in the Americas and they find some Indians and they're, they're trying to trade with them. So they have one Indian who kind of understands French and one French guy who kind of understands Indian. So it's just so fucking badass how you see them kind of how to... They're trading and bartering. They're trying to get horses and guns and they're just kind of... Amazing! Not not having like an encyclopedia or a book to like reference words, they're kind of just free balling it, like not really Mm -hmm. knowing the whole language and kind of like signaling with hands and stuff like that. Like you said, there's and and that kind of reminds me of this other book that I just finished reading called The Alchemist. I think you like it. You should check it out. So many people talk about the book, but in the book, it talks about this boy. He's a shepherd, and he's trying to find a treasure in Egypt. And uh, as he travels the desert, the Sahara, he discovers that the world has a secret language that doesn't have to do anything with sounds. It's more of a intuitive, emotional type of thing that you kind of get with signaling to another person. There's no words. It's kind of like uh, speaking like from calamity. the yeah, like kind volume. of like that, but speaking with through the heart, something like that. I, um, actually, mm-hmm. I'm working on a podcast with a good friend. We just read the book together. And we're going to do a podcast where we break down the whole book and talk about that because it all—it ha- also has to do with understanding the soul of the world. And essentially the soul of the world is all the dead people that have died come together and like make the soul of the earth. And the soul of the earth can kind of talk to you when you live through your heart and not your ego. And you're not using words and language to kind of blind you. You're just kind of going by feeling the soul of the earth talks to you and it's like whoa it's kind of some matrix dude. type of shit
1: yeah dude that's badass that's like um that's like that reality transurfing book i told you about last time
0: yeah 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 and i ever since you told me about that book i've been talking to people who tell me about that book brother i need to read it really i'm gonna write it dude down. that's a sign man yeah
1: i like i had the similar kind of experience um there's this guy on youtube his name is uh iman ghazi i think is how you say it he's He's one of those, like, uh, he's a young guy who, who uh, got financially free really uh early on mm-hmm. in his life, and he recommended a book called Atomic Habits. He's like, there's a bunch of, you know, habit-building books out there, and you can read them if you want, but you're wasting your time. This is the book. And now I'm taking a class that's about like creating habits or something about along the lines of that and the required text for the class is atomic habits so i get to read that book now
0: yeah man see shit like that and to bring it back what we were talking about with languages say you're walking down the street and somebody's speaking a different language and they say something and you actually know what they're saying you can use that to kind of maybe maybe it's the universe sending you a synchronicity message or something but if you don't know the language then it just goes over your head But if you knew it. That stuff
2: is
1: everywhere.
0: Right? Yeah, the universe is always talking to you, but we're not really seeing the signs. And that part of the book is kind of telling you to like, put put down your preconceived notions of what you expect and be open to any little thing, any omen that the earth sends to you, like a butterfly maybe, or seeing a bat or a vulture. These are all kind of signs the earth is kind of sending to you to kind of talk to you. But it's not rational. It's not mental. It's kind of like, sounds woo woo you got to kind of like be able to read these signs and there's no book to it you just got to be able to be open and receptive and and try to understand these omens that come to you
1: it's all it's all intuition like if you yes. see something and the first thing that you think of after you see it is probably
0: what that was meant for you know what i mean yeah yes brother that actually reminds me of another thing rick rubin says Rick Rubin, oh, yeah. he's, uh, he produces music for like the biggest bands, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah. The biggest bands you can think of. Well, he has this method of um, when you're stuck, like have writer's block and you can't come up with anything new. He says, uh, he, okay, so I'll tell you the story. So the Red Hot, uh, no, not the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the band um, System of a Down. I love Mm. System of a Down, so Rick Rubin was working with them, and they were working on that song, um, uh, Chop Suey, Chop Suey, and so they're working on the song, and uh, the artist, the writer, he has a mental block, and he can't finish the last verse, and so he's stuck, and so he tells this to Rick Rubin, and Rick Rubin kind of like scratches his beard, you know, he has a long white beard, he kind of looks like a hippie, so he tells him, yeah, I'm stuck on 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 this song, I can't come up with the last verse. And so Rick Rubin puts his hand on his shoulder and, like, takes him, walks into his library. He has a big library full of occult books, just mysticism, all kinds of weird, random shit. Stuff that we people in this podcast would be interesting in. And so he tells him, grab a book, any book that you feel, open the page, and read the first thing that comes to your mind. And so he opens a book, and he, he just opens this page to where it says, Father, in my dear hands, I commend my spirit and that's where that part of that song you, you know what i'm talking about have you heard that song i don't believe i've
1: heard that song
0: okay i'm gonna stop it and we'll play just a little version okay i'm gonna stop recording yeah yeah okay i've had to pause it to find the, the song really quick i'm sure a lot of y'all guys have heard this song is chop suey but this last verse he came up with from a, a, a method rick rubin showed him of just posing a question to the universe opening up a random book and reading the first thing that comes to you like you said like just the first thing that comes up to you and stick with that and run with that. And sometimes it has potential. So check this out, guys. This is from him just opening up a random book and reading the first thing that came to him. And I had to talk over it, you know, for copyright laws and all of that. But think about that. This part is so deep. It's a verse, you know, it's what Jesus was talking to God on his dying breath. And he puts it in this song and it kind of like just closes it so badass and so beautifully. And I'm like, damn, that just comes from randomness, like just kind of posing a question to the universe and, and kind of expecting an answer. But actually putting in some type of action, something like picking up a book and just reading what the universe literally has to say to you. So yeah,
1: this, I'm definitely too too so, young to have listened to that song. But I think the notion behind, like, just picking up a book and going wherever you're called to go. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's really
1: cool.
0: It's that thing of, like you said, is intuition. You're not really setting your thoughts on any specific thing. You're kind of just open to anything that comes. And that's what this whole book that I'm reading on, it's, it's really good. It's about basically following your dreams. And a lot of us will post... We'll have a dream, but then our mind will be like, oh, but I have to do this. I'll have to travel. I have to go back to school. I won't see my family. All these, we'll put barriers on ourselves because we don't, we're afraid of actually having what we want. And it's so crazy how we humans, we desire things. That's basically what we are. We're adaptable things that desire comfort. So we can adapt to anything. But in seeking a dream or journey or a, a, a goal, some people are naturally like go-getters and they'll get it done. Like David Goggins, he never has an excuse. Even if he has blisters on his feet, he's going to keep on running. And a lot of us will, will put limitations on ourselves. We say we can't, or, but all of these things that we're doing, they're just secretly ways of you to kind of hinder yourself to get into there. Because I, I'm sure, as you know, Steve, also a lot of people, once they do become successful or they make it to the top, They're like, okay, what now? What do I do? And then they become depressed. And could you imagine that? Having a vision and then actually attaining it. But where do you go from there? Because your whole life was kind of spent on that. How do I get there? How do I get there? I need to get there. But once you're there and you're satiated, like what's next? And that's when a lot of people just like either end up committing suicide or start going down drug habits, losing their family. I'm sure you've heard stories like this, Steve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and but that's what makes two different types of people are like the go getters. They get to the top, and then they say, okay, what now? Then there's the people who get where they wanted to be, but they still have a vision that they focus on that moves forward, and they're always improvising and coming up with new ways to get better. Right. That's why, that's why the best athletes are you know at the top for so long, and that's why like, you know, the best musicians are there for so long, and that's why like good if you ever walk into something like um like for example i do jiu-jitsu if you were to walk into a jiu-jitsu gym and you see why someone who's been doing it for 10 15 years has been doing it for so long it's because they're always finding ways to tweak something and get better
0: right right and then that makes me think about um when i was younger i would see like somebody famous or who had a lot of money or who made it and i would be like ah eh, whatever i mean they they're there because they have all that money i would make these excuses to kind of like hate on them but that truly just comes from the fact that it shows me, myself, that I'm just hating on them because I don't want to work hard enough. I, I just want to point and poke at all the little things that I could so I don't put the, the point the finger back at me and be like, you can do it too. You just have to work hard. Mm-hmm. And so I actually want to share this with you. It's a video that I, I referenced a lot on this podcast, but I actually found it. And it has to do with this kind of idea of making it and being happy and money and all of this thing. And it's Dave Chappelle on Joe Rogan. And he's mm-hmm. talking about basically that, what do you do after you gain success? Like some people will get it and then become depressed. So check out uh, here what Dave Chappelle has to say to Joe Rogan. This is episode 1647. On It's about halfway through an hour and 11 minutes in, guys. So check check out with Joe, uh, Dave Chappelle, a great mind who really thinks and breaks it down to make it funny. Check out how he looks at the world and money.
2: Fucking equations and thinking about concepts and new ideas and plotting things. and I remember talking to somebody once. I'm not going to say who, but they go, uh, more than half the people on earth live on a dollar a day, and at least half of them are happy. He says, I know 20 billionaires, and all of them are miserable. Wow. This is, this is reminiscent of a thing my father used to tell me about, just the nature of, of money and what what he wants your life to be about. Now, I mean, you know, I, I'm a lucky guy. I've met some billionaires. You know, I don't know who's brimming with having this. Elon seemed like he had a good time that night. Kanye, sometimes he's having a great time. But, but I don't know when they're having fun if it's the money that's doing it. No.
0: So basically that idea that we just kind of rehashed that, you make it to the top. You have all this money. You're good. You don't have to work for a day in your life. You could. You can never spend all your money. What do you do now? Like, what brings you happiness at that point? Like, money, men, you can't eat money. You can't, it's, there's certain things that money can't do. Like, sure, it can bring comfort. It can save your family if they're at the hospital dying, maybe, maybe. But there's mm-hmm. just certain things that money can't touch that you have to, that's what this whole kind of podcast is is kind of finding who you truly are, what you truly want to do, ac- actually getting there, but then what comes after. So there's always got to be some type of goal or something that you're moving to. And if not, just finding a way to be at peace with yourself. Not like not constantly being that workaholic or that that guy who's constantly has to be striving to do something. There's also something to the idea of you know being fine with what you're at even if you're Homeless or whatever—it's a balance, you know.
1: Yeah, I I would agree to that. Um, and like, back to what the miserable billionaires like—that life can be so miserable if you allow it to, because you let yourself be so comfortable in the fact that you know you have everything you ever need.
0: Right. really
1: like you know, really. Besides, like you know, the internal things, like with the spiritual stuff and your happiness, like. Being a billionaire, you have everything you need, so you get comfortable and you get complacent, and that's why people are getting miserable. Is because they just don't know what to do with themselves.
0: Right, right, um, right.
1: And I think, like an empath, someone like you or near me, if they were put in that shoes, I think it wouldn't really matter, like how much money you had, because. At least for me, like I would want to, I would want to help people. I would want to do something with it. I wouldn't want it all to be, you know, just sitting there, right, for for nothing.
0: Right, right. Same man. Whenever I have cash and I, and I see a homeless, I'll give it to them. Like I, I might need it, but then I think, oh, this guy needs it more. He might need it for drugs or alcohol, but but he, this dude's sleeping outside. Just go ahead and give it to him. I, I'm gonna figure out a way to make it again. But these two dollars that you have maybe could help this guy not kill himself today. Maybe that bottle of alcohol kind of just gives him enough, just enough calm to like keep on going, what, what, which is not good, but I'm just trying to help out. And then yeah. one, one thing I'll, I always do is I'll ask them their name. So I'll hand them the money. I'll say, hey, what's your name? And they'll say, Mike. I said, oh, God bless you, Mike. Uh, I hope you have a good one, man. And God bless you. Just try to make them feel like they're alive because so many people, man, could you imagine being broke on the street, asking everyone for help and people just bl- looking ahead? Like, actively avoiding you because they, they don't yeah, like look don't at make you guy contact yeah man yeah it's I sad just... man yeah man it's hard it, up there it's sad
1: um I you know from childhood my you know growing up they've always told me you know don't give money to homeless people they're just spending it on drugs they're just spending it on alcohol mm-hmm. but and you just you look at the person you, you' just look at them and you there's something inside like your gut telling you like this this person's really not like going through it right now and like all of us are are just you know looking forward, not trying to look, and like that person, I wouldn't want to know what that person has been through to get to that
0: point, right? Yeah, and I basically think- all of us are a couple steps away from being there. I mean, I even like for example, one time I remember uh, my car broke down and I was kind of at, at a stoplight and I had my I was stopped there and I had to put my hood up and I was looking, and I would see the cars drive by, and part of me was just kind of like trying to send them a message like hey man come on help me out I know if you were in the same situation you would want someone to help you out right and it's like we all have that if we were on the street we would want somebody to please help us but we don't put ourselves in that situation and it's just that that way of putting yourself in other people's world to kind of understand the world or understand what other people are going to and not just focusing so much on me 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 what I want what I need to do to get where I'm going. Yeah,
1: definitely. If you put yourself in someone else's shoes and it doesn't have to apply to like, you know, the homeless person on the curb, it could apply to in, in any position in life. If you change your perspective in that way, then you get more understanding of, you know, how other people function and how to be more in tune with other people. Because then you can kind of approach it from a, you know, more empathetic perspective. Yeah, change How people actually feel.
0: Yeah. And but then actually that that. See, that could be a slippery slope because I'll tell you this, Steve. One time I took mushrooms, right? Uh, pretty big amount. And um, I was laying down and I was doing that. I was putting myself in different people's shoes. So I went through homeless, uh, through a mom having a baby, um, mm. through somebody losing a child. And then I even got to the point of putting myself in the shoes of the New World Order, like the people who are up there. Okay, imagine mm-hmm. putting yourself in the, at the, in the feet of Klaus Schwab now, or Hitler, Like, for example, I I know what Kanye said about Hitler. I'm not saying I love Hitler. Fuck Hitler. He's a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's a piece of shit. But no, imagine, like these guys, I don't, I think, I'm not sure. I think they didn't think they were destroying the world. I think that in their eyes, they were like, okay, we need to fix the world. How do we make this world a better place? Now, in Hitler's position, he was thinking, oh, we need to get rid of certain races. We need to purify the human race. We need to scientifically advance. Like, and if you can kind of see it through a certain perspective, he was actually trying to do good things. But fuck him. He's a piece of shit. He's yeah, killing people. Yeah, it's such. Go ahead.
1: It's such a black pill. Yeah. It, um, because I've I've heard on other different on other times how those people they they actually think that they're helping. They mm. actually think that they're trying to make a good, like like change the world for the better like with the sustainable development goals and yeah. stuff like they actually think that that is what is going is gonna, that like that's necessary for us to change mm-hmm. and be better but if you think about it like that it's just going to make us
0: their slaves right and, and it's weird because like you said they do think that they're he- helping and they do think they're they're doing the right thing and if you think about it through their point of view they are because for example if you want to clean up the world if you want to make sure that the world doesn't have pollution, if you want to make sure that climate doesn't change even though that's all bullshit, if you want to make sure that humans don't commit crimes and you can kind of keep track of them, of course you would do all the shit that they're doing like surveillance, censoring information, trying to put laws to keep people from making too much CO2. All the things that they're doing is sort of a response to what they think would help. But the way that they're doing it comes from such a high perched place that they don't see what life is truly like. Because they have all this money. So they don't go through all the little troubles that humans go through in the world. They don't understand that it's not easy to just go and buy an electric car. They don't understand yeah. the electrical grid and how it can really sustain itself. And they can't have everybody have an electric car and have it work. We're not at that point yet. So they're looking at these problems from such a high-perched angle that they don't see the nuances or the mistakes or the ways to actually go about it. They just want to enforce and control and mandate and, and force the world to be a good thing. And that's not, that's not, humans are not like that. They're messy. I don't know. Do you think it's possible to have a utopia, Steve? That's such a,
1: that's such a hard question because I believe we live in a dualistic realm like yin yang there's night and day male and female Mm -hmm. good and bad yes so you know utopia is you know perfect world right Mm -hmm. where we go and we have you know we'll gather around as a community and we'll share our you know products and we'll sing around the campfire and stuff but is that actually possible on a large scale i don't i don't know like i i don't know the answer to that question that Mm. It's such a deep-rooted question. I don't think we'll ever have a utopia because the good is going to be balanced by the bad. I mean, that's just the way everything works.
0: Yes, yes, brother. Exactly. Right on the note. You, You can't know what happiness is without actually being sad. You can't really love somebody unless experiencing somebody dying and knowing what it is to miss somebody, to never see them again, makes you really appreciate the people that you have in your life. This this is weird thing happened at my house, Steve. Um, we have three cats, so we have two indoor cats, an outdoor cat, and a dog. And so our indoor cat, he's a he's basically a scaredy cat. He's a orange cat, but he's scared of everything. And so he's always inside. You know, he he likes to look outside. He likes to pretend like he's gonna be a wild cat, but he's terrified of the outside. So he went missing about a, a couple days ago, oh, and my wow. and my daughter's she's really sad. Um, we actually, so me and my wife actually watched the movie Puss in Boots. Have you heard it? Yeah. Uh, and it's, he, he's an orange cat. And so uh, it's actually a really good movie. I actually want to watch it and break it down on a podcast because it's very symbolic. It's actually very occult. Um, so, I'm sure
1: those there's, there's fuckers at DreamWorks and Disney.
0: Yeah, yeah. The whole movie is basically centered around the star, a pentagram. I'll say that. that I'll just say that. But uh, so I told my daughter, hey, let's watch this movie. Um, I just wanted to watch him to have a good time with her and my wife and she said no I don't want to watch it I'm going to miss Odin that's my cat's name Odin I'm going to miss him and I don't want to get sad and and she starts getting sad and crying and being upset and she goes I I, I don't like that things have to die because I've explained to her you know baby we all live and we all will die at one point so it's very important that while you're alive that you appreciate and really enjoy the things that you have because at one point they can be gone like right now Odin's gone and you miss him and you wish you had him but sometimes he was around the house and you would ignore him like it it part of life is appreciating it and we can't appreciate something until it's taken away from us and so she (laughs) sat with that and she's like oh okay and she gave me a big hug and she said I love you daddy I don't want you to ever die I want to be with you forever and it kind of made me sad too you know and it's and it's like It's sad that she's feeling this pain right now, but in a sense, she's appreciating now greatly what we have and to not like just throw it off or dismiss it as something else. So lately, she's been real clinging to me. She's been like hugging me more, kissing me more, sitting with me more. And it's because she's understanding the dualistic nature of this world that, yeah, you can you can have love, but then you can also have i guess missing somebody the and the difference of that is not having somebody nearby and missing them and even death pushing them to a point where you'll never see them again and that kind of that dualistic nature if you can really sit with that gives you that that sense of knowing how to appreciate things while you have them
1: yeah that that story was really wholesome though That the story was wholesome
0: yeah and see um with my daughter before i had a kid i never want a kid steve um I was very systematic and rational. I would I would say, how am I gonna bring another child into this world? This world's fucked up. The new world order. All of this. All of that. But then I fell in love, you know. And again, I guess I had a mushroom trip, and I'm I was thinking, so what is our purpose on earth? Yeah, we all have callings. We all have gifts. We have certain things we're really good at, but basically the number one point of life is to keep going so we have to reproduce that's what we're here for if you break it all down past the making becoming successful succeeding your goals once you get past all that shit just the basic the primal the instinctual shit really just is reproducing and having a child and so I i
1: yeah i mean i'm still young but i i think that is probably one of the greatest gifts life has to offer like I, I would like a, to have a family um, just because I feel like there's so much fulfillment in it because you have an opportunity to bring a life into this world. And yeah, this world's fucked up, but you have an opportunity to create, you know, to foster in someone who could be a light in this world. Yes. And, you know, I think, you know, Black Pill is why would I bring a kid into this fucked up world? But that's what they want you to think. So you don't have kids. Yes. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. It's called learn helplessness. They make you feel helpless, like all hope is lost. So why even try? But yeah, now- and
1: that is that's become a, a you know common theme among people my age. Um, is like you know part of them not wanting to have kids is because of the climate crisis. And it's like, oh, we're gonna run out of fresh water, and how are we gonna feed everybody? And we're becoming so overpopulated, and it's just like fear mongering from you know, basically you know, elementary school, middle school, and just saying, repeating to kids about it's literally just a climate crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I see it with my own eyes. And I'm in an environmental class right now. I know that's gonna annoy the shit out of me. But I see it on a regular basis with people my age. And you know what, if those type of people don't want to have kids, I'll have enough kids, you know, to cover for the both of us. So,
0: Yeah, that's sad, man. You're right. Um, Even with this list that we're probably going to hint off off of the eight reasons why millennials feel like there's no hope, I'm just going to read them off quickly, and this kind of ties in with everything that you just said. It's all learned helplessness. They feel there's no hope. So here's the list. Number one, they have next to no financial security. Well, with that, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to have a kid. No, how are you going to take care of that kid if you have no money? Mm -hmm. Number two, they're riddled with student debt. And I love, I re-listened to our old podcast, Steve, and when you said that you thought about going to college and you really thought about it and you had that a real honest discussion with your mom saying, mom, is that really the proper way to start life with debt? Like starting at negative? Like how the fuck yes. do you ex- expect to start life at negative? So even that, just school shouldn't, you ha- why is school that fucking much? I don't understand. But anyway, next one. The, number three, the job market has never been tougher. Everywhere I go, Steve, there's hiring signs. Everywhere. They're hiring everywhere.
1: It's such a limiting belief. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's just people think that there's no way. and They want to go to college and get these fancy titles, but then then they can never find a job in that thing when the real good thing would be, like you, like when you were a kid, you did your own uh, lawn services. You started cutting people's yards. At what age?
1: Dude, I started when I was
0: 14. 14 years old, guys. And then... Yeah, go ahead.
1: So... I lived in a, like one of those new developments where they put on all the cookie cutter homes and you think, you know, everybody, there's so many people in here, everybody gets their lawn cover, they cut their lawns. But if you think about it in that scenario, there's so much supply or there's so much demand for it.
0: Right. There's not enough supply. Right. There's always grass to cut, <laughs> like. The grass always. will always grow. <laughs> See, and it's just things like that, Steve. You, you grabbed your balls and you said, no, I'm going to fucking figure something out. There's a demand. I can provide a service and I can get compensated for it. But there's people that they want this fucking fancy, nice, lofty positions. And then there's no positions there. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just go number four real quick. Uh, the future has never been so uncertain. And here I'll read the little summary. They said climate change, global pandemics social unrest, you name it, and the world has definitely got it covered. That sad truth is our future has never been so shaky, which makes for the perfect recipe for inducing anxiety and depression amongst young people, because after all, we're going to be the ones facing the consequences in the years to come. So just that, man, this whole COVID thing it must have thrown people like a, a hardball, like, oh, shit, man, I thought I had everything figured out. And now, all of a sudden, I'm being told to leave my business and basically lose, lose my lifestyle. It's so yeah. uncertain. There's, well, everything in life so uncertain. You can fucking walk outside and a car can hit you. But it's, you can live your life in fear like we did in those fucking yeah. past two years. Too afraid to go out, too afraid to live our lives. We just want to hide away and protect life. Like It's so, so precious that you, you can't even allow it to go outside.
1: Yeah, and and the common theme I'm seeing here is weak mentality.
0: Yes, weakness, yeah, yeah. And that's all being pushed through the media. That's how people get this stuff because naturally people, I feel naturally people are, I mean, we survived through the ice age. We survived through all types of bullshit and we made it. Yeah. What's a little virus going to do to us? I mean, but I, like you said, it's that, What that's what I always wonder. What is it about people that some people are like, no, I'm going to get up. I'm going to keep on getting up even though I'm falling. And some people are just like... I quit. I quit. I give up. What is that, Steve?
1: I think people put themselves in a cage and I, I, this is not for me. They they put themselves into a cage and then they blindfold themselves. They don't know how to take the blindfold off and they don't know how to get out of the cage. So they sit there in their sorrows and put on the victim mindset. Mm. And that's where weak mentality comes from because it's been conditioned into their consciousness. With they, they literally don't know how to escape the cage. And so when someone, like you just said before, they fall down, they get up, and they just keep going, it's because they they voluntarily took off the blindfold and saw life for what it was and realized the cage that they they're put in, you know, because that was built for them. And they leave the cage, and they realize how much more free you can be without this cage. And it's kind of like Plato's allegory of the cave, where you climb out and you see the sunshine and you see the people that are manipulating the shadows on the wall for the people below.
0: Right.
1: And I feel like that's all it is. It's just breaking out of that cage because your mind is entrapped by all the conditioning that you went through, you know, if you think about it. And, and for me, I feel like, you know, it's a process and the first part of it is, is realizing that your mind is, in a prison. Yes. And exactly. that, you, that you literally have in your mind the ability to break out of the prison and do anything you want to do.
0: Amen, brother. And- exactly. That, that's what this podcast is, bricks in the wall. We put ourselves be- behind this brick wall. We create these obstacles with our own mind. Our own selves is creating these difficulties. But like you said, if you could just push through, you can break that wall down because you created it. You created those those troubles or those seemingly impossible obstacles but you yourself can push through that and yeah that's what this whole podcast is push behind that barrier get out the cave get out the matrix get out of your own head and just fucking go man
1: and something that might help make make it more clear is that all of that is not real it's an illusion Mm -hmm. yeah and once you realize that it's not real then you can break free and figure out how can i manipulate what's not real for my
0: benefit. Right, yeah, yeah, taking action, a man of action. Um, Right now, earlier when you were saying about uh, not being able to get up or quitting, uh, another thing I do with my daughter is that whenever she tells me I can't or I can't do something, I always tell her, "You don't say that, don't say I can't. Say I can't right now, but I can if I do this or that. So always figure out a way to like, because she'll say something like in the mornings, she'll wake up early on the weekends and she'll try to grab some snacks or some food. And at first um, I would wake up when she was real little and she would say, Daddy, I'm really hungry, I'm hungry. And you were sleeping, and I didn't wanna wake you up. And I said, well, why didn't you just get something to to eat? And she said, I can't, I can't reach it. I said, Mamas, don't say I can't, never say I can't. Say I can't because I can't reach. What can I do to reach up there? So grab a chair or, or come wake me up, It won't. you won't bother me. Just never say I can't. If you can't do something, Figure out how you can and how to get around that obstacle. Don't just give up to any little thing. And I feel it's very important as kids that you teach them that to say that I tell them you don't say the word can't. That that word should not be in your vocabulary. Of course, unless for certain things like you can't fly. Of course, obviously. But like, uh, yeah. Like if you, you you but if there's something that's keeping you from getting something that you want, don't say I can't because of that. Just say okay, how do I? go around that or or go around that wall or break through that wall or how do i break through that obstacle and and figure out a way
1: exactly and you can't have that mindset where you're so fixated on one outcome Mm -hmm. like if you if you think about uh, like okay like i'm not not good with girls like i can't go up and talk to them uh just get nervous instead instead of saying to yourself like i just like you can't do it say i'm increasingly getting better at going up and talking to girls or just fix on a mindset where you're talking to yourself in a way where you're getting better at something if you feel like you can do something
0: yeah actually i just listened to a podcast i don't know if you know lex freeman yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's badass. He just had on Mr. Beast. You know Mr. Beast from YouTube, right?
1: Yeah, I know Mr. Beast. He was on Joe Rogan too.
0: Yeah, he, biggest YouTuber ever. He's so fucking smart. And he's fucking like 24 years old. I think he's yeah. He's from, Yeah, he
1: lives like two, like not even two hours away from me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah that, I'm pretty sure. I
0: love that guy. I love his mentality and just how he looks at the world. And so he was on that podcast and he was kind of ex- describing to young people like this what we're talking about, how to be a go-getter, push through, don't let little things hinder you. So he was working on a video. He wanted to make a video titled, we gave an island to our 100,000 subscribers, something like that. So the, the goal of the video was to buy an island and gift it to a, to somebody who, who watches their videos. So they were doing the, uh, they were thinking, they were brain, brainstorming, figuring out, okay, what island do we get, where do we go? And turns out all the islands that they were trying to get were about $10 million. And they didn't have all that money at that time. So they were kind of like, man, we're not going to be able to make this video. It's impossible. It's All the islands cost too much money. And then Mr. Beast says, like, well, man, let's think about it differently. Let's not say we can't. What if we bought, because all the islands that we're trying to buy, they cost more because they're easy to get to with boats or whatever. There's an easy access to get into them. That's why they cost so much. So he said, what if we buy a cheap island and kind of fix it up ourselves a little bit to where it's accessible, we buy that cheap island and with the extra money that we have, we build a house and do all this shit on it. And that way we can make the video. And they're like, holy shit, that's great. They're about to scrap that whole video, you know? But Mr. Beast with his idea, like, no, there has to be a way. Let's figure something out. And it's that, that tenacity. How do you get that spirit into people of like, no, there has to be a way. We have to push through, we can't give up.
1: I would like to piggyback off of that and say it kind of goes into a different direction but it made me think about this while you were talking like when you hit a when you hit like a brick wall or obstacle, there's have you ever do you know who jocko is
0: yeah i love jocko I yeah love, i love how so, he says discipline equals freedom
1: yeah so the thing that i got from that was his good yes you know what i you know what
0: that is yeah i love that song like if have you, you heard the song version
1: it, yeah yeah it's on youtube yeah um, like if you if something happens to you and you say, "Oh, this is so bad!" Like, "Oh, this sucks." Good, yeah. or like he was like, "If you you get injured, good." And I listened to um, I saw he he posted on Instagram a video of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in the first half, and he was saying how a lineman came up to him and said, "Oh yeah, that many interceptions." Good. Then they went out and they beat uh the I, I don't know the, the Chargers. I think by like one point. Mm. And all why? Because good,
0: mm-hmm. good. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like you just tell yourself you're in a shitty situation. Good, right? Because it makes you grow. It makes you improve and improvise. Like, like um, the other day, I got I was in jujitsu. I got my ass beat in front of everybody, and then I was in. You know, I was in my feelings. I was like, What I was do you mean? Like, oh. What do you mean you get
0: your ass beat? You got your ass beat. Uh,
1: Well, I didn't get my ass beat, but like he puts us like in a super fight in front of everybody.
0: Oh, well, let's clarify, Steve, because you're in jujitsu, right? Yeah, so
1: jujitsu. So we go and like we do jujitsu competition style in front of the whole class. And me and a training partner, we're like same size, same rank. So he always puts us together. We even competed together in the final match for the gold um so me and him are like training buddies you know what I mean okay so he puts us against each other he sweeps me or no he like flips me he literally flips me in front of the whole class and I'm in my feelings and I'm like so like oh I can't believe that happened and I'm acting like a little bitch and then I get home and I think about what Jocko said good mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah good good that that happened why because him doing that to me is like I know so he flipped me one way and when i when i was thinking about the good i was like i was like shit like i know how i could have countered that like i could have um he did a sweep where he like put put his put his leg in between my legs and caught me off balance and like like shifted my weight and bam like i'm on my back Mm -hmm. and the way i could counter that is like grab his leg while he's doing it because i kind of made him stutter in the process Mm -hmm. and grab his leg and go for the single leg takedown and then you can transfer to the double leg takedown um so it just makes you think and improvise or like you know somebody passes my guard super quick i you know i'm not gonna be a little bitch about i'm gonna ask my coach after class how how am i gonna defend his pass so that i can re-guard
0: yeah yeah, i love it brother yes that good like it it, it sounds bad because i I heard another video of somebody trying to talk shit to that saying my wife that just died jaco how do you mean that's good but then you have to think about okay okay let's imagine the worst of scenarios my wife just died how is that good okay well maybe now i have more time to maybe focus on something or maybe now i can look to religions or spirituality to see or satiate that that trying to know or understand where she could be or how to not miss her, how to learn about detaching from things. You know, there's always a way, even from the most treacherous things, something good can come out of it. And it's just that perspective of being able to sift through all the bad shit and finding the the little golden nuggets.
1: And that's really how you attain happiness, is not dwelling on the quote-unquote bad things in life. It's all circumstances. That's what it is. It's just a circumstance and it's your own perception that attaches good or bad connotations to those things. So you can find those good things in the bad things, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then kind of to piggyback off what we were saying when you just got taken down in jujitsu, um, while you were saying after how you were thinking about all the counter moves you could have done, that kind of mm-hmm. goes back to this idea of, of continually and always practicing any and all arts, anything possible. Right now, I'm, I'm reading another book by uh, that Joe Rogan recommended. It's called The Book of Five Rings. Um, I think you, maybe you heard it. It's about the, um, uh, the Japanese uh, fighter who would, um, what are they called? Uh, Japanese? I mean, yeah. The, uh, his name is Musashi. He was like a, what are they called? The the samurai? Jap- samurai. Yes, he was a samurai. Fuck, I'm blanking. He was a samurai and he, he was the best samurai that ever basically existed. He killed like a, an adult when he was 13. And he basically killed like 60 men throughout his life being a samurai, like fighting in duels and battles. And uh, he wrote this book talking about how to become the best, uh, not only best samurai, the best of everything. And so in this book, uh, The Book of Five Rings, he guidelines and he outlines basically how to be, uh, how would I say, a jack of all trades. So he wasn't only a samurai, he also knew how to paint. He drew beautiful paintings. He was a poet. He used to do calligraphy. He used to do sculptures out of wood. So this guy, what his mentality was, uh, another weird thing is he never showered in his life. Why? Because he never wanted to be in a situation where he was vulnerable. So he, his mentality was always, how do I survive? How do I stay on my toes? Never never like let my guard down. And always be like, um, just ready for anything. So for this, for that, he would never shower. But it's just this—he had this mentality of, how do I always be my enemy? And essentially, it all breaks down of seeing the way in everything, everything, every kind of art, everything in life that's worth doing. There's an art to it, and you kind of have to learn how to do it. Like sculpting wood, you have to learn how to cut wood, how to shape it, how to cut it, how to grind it, how to work with it. And bringing it back to jujitsu, like you said, if you were practicing more, I'm not saying that you don't practice, Steve, but I'm saying if you were somebody who was, like, dedicated every, every hour of the day at jujitsu, maybe that wouldn't have happened. So that kind of um, goes back with that whole idea of always practicing, always working, never letting your guard down, always pushing to, like, become better.
1: Yeah, I um, I definitely... That translates to jujitsu so well, like, um, not letting your guard down, not not letting... You know, anyone get the best of you, even though you're not going to be perfect in jujitsu. Um, that definitely translates well. I, um, this week I trained a lot. Um, how often? Um, so, so on the weeknights, I like to ref high school soccer games during the season. So when I'm lucky, I'll get in six, seven classes a week. Um, some, so,
0: so you're a referee
1: this week? Uh, yeah, I ref soccer games too. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's um, that's a whole other discussion, man. It's some some fucking parents, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but
0: what? Well, tell yeah, me what? What's, talk- what's the worst case of parents oh, man, that you've seen? Dude, I have
1: I have so many stories for you. Um, probably the craziest experience I've had, um, wasn't a parent. It was a coach. It's a it's a it's a uh, gonna take a minute if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, go ahead, but, please. Um, so in North Carolina, the um. In high school soccer it's jv jv soccer has two reps because the ref shortage and varsity will have the third so i'm doing a jv game at you know the one of the bigger high schools in the area where i live and the visiting team is like one of the teams from way out and they're not you know they're not so good um so the jv team is like up three zero or three zero the home team and the game's like basically done and the away team commits a foul and the home team this little kid comes up and shoves the away team for i don't know why they were up like three zero and this big pileup happens. so me and the ref run out the other ref we run over we separate everybody and we're like god i should have given out a card he probably should have given out a red card there's a kid that little kid was cussing a storm i should have given a red card but you know the game went on and it was a free kick, whatever they scored, the game was over. Okay. So me and that ref were in the center circle of the soccer field. The JV coach approaches us with his team and he, he starts pointing and, you know, almost yelling at the other ref. He's like, you cussed at one of my players. How dare you cuss at one of my players? You're not going to do that. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the other ref is like, just go away, go away, go away. Like not trying to engage. Okay. The JV coach should have been carded then in there because you're not supposed to do that. Mm. We walk over to the center ref, the guy who's going to be the center ref for the varsity game. He saw everything. We walk over to him and kind of told him what happened. He was like, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, You know, good Good thing that wasn't the varsity coach. Well, 10 seconds later, here comes the varsity coach with the JV coach. The varsity coach screams at the the, uh, other ref. He's like... He was, you know, basically the same, the same stuff. How are you gonna do that? You're not gonna do that. He was like clapping his hands, like you okay. know, when people get mad, they yeah. clap their hands, like, <laughs> it's like we're gonna be like, man, we're gonna take this out there. And you know, he he was the other ref was just same thing. Go away, go away, go away. I'm like getting myself in the middle of these two guys in case this this coach decides to like get physical in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they finally, you know, they finally fucked off. And the center ref was like, who who is that? And I was like, "Yeah, that's gonna—that's the varsity coach." And Centerf was like, "No way, is he gonna be on the sideline for this game?" Uh-huh. So we get the home team's um, game day administrator to go let the coach know that he will not be allowed to be on on the pitch for the game. Okay. And you know, we thought, okay, it's it's pretty spicy right now, but we're gonna get on with the game. Mind you, it's the home team's senior night. Oh. And so, so. Um, the announcer is calling lineups and you know the ar the other ref he was going to be the ar on the other side so he didn't have to deal with the um you know the away team i was going to be on their side i'm like running getting getting the flags the varsity coach approached the center ref at you know the touchline in the middle of the field because you know how the teams have their benches on the same side yeah and, like, our, we put our ref stuff in the middle. So he's, like, you know, putting his badge on, getting his cards ready, getting his notebook ready, and the varsity coach comes over. He's, like, you know, that was a bitch move, man, like, telling him about all this stuff. Like, cussing at him, like, oh, you're, uh, that was a bitch move. Uh, so the center ref formally, you know, gives him a red card. You're out of here. JV coach walks over to him. It's, like, that was a pussy move. You're a pussy move, bro. So... Coach gives him a red card. Uh-huh. Then the players start posting up to this ref, acting all gangster, like cracking their knuckles, like "What's up, bro?
0: What's up?" Oh, so God. that's when,
1: literally, as the announcer is lining, calling the lineups, he picks up his bag, tells me he's like, "No, we're leaving. Let's go." I was like, "Oh shit!" I grabbed <laughs> you know, me and the other rest bags, and we we left that. We left that game the the head coach was like following us like asking us like what's like what's the deal like what's going on we're like no like we're leaving like we're done we drive across the street to the public's and that center ref he's this like second highest ranking ref in the whole state and he was saying I, i've been refing, you know 20 years and i've never had to terminate a match before it started and all this stuff. And it was crazy. It's all on film. It's literally on YouTube. Oh, shit. Send me a link. Oh, dude, 100%. And, and he he that coach really fucked with the wrong ref. Yeah. <laughs> he fucked with the wrong ref. And it comes out, or it turned out, that that same coach was coaching an adult league game where he was kicked out for bad behavior oh, by God. the next <laughs> highest ranking referee in the
0: state. Holy shit. Wow, so this dude has a reputation.
1: Yeah, and get this—he was once a certified referee.
0: Oh shit, man, damn, wh- what is it about people like that, dude? It's that thing, like, like that. Go, going back to the thing that Jago said. Good, they can't under- They can't see that. Okay, there's something good I can learn from this. They're like, no, fuck that. My emotions are hurt. I'm gonna yell. I need to fucking hurt this person.
1: I know, man, and like, and like, so their accusation was that the ref cussed at a player. That's all. That's what it was. That's what the whole thing was about. Uh-huh. Because a kid accused the ref of cussing at them, uh-huh. and so like a week later, I got a call from the state office, and I told them my story, and the guy was like, "Oh, that's weird," because they kind of told me they told me that it was the ref cussing at a coach. Oh. Yeah, just like,
0: like
1: they changed their story. Yeah, yeah just
0: like yeah, <laughs> I no, don't, it's just so... some people that it's just that's the thing with humans that we all we, you will always have people like that. So in, yeah. in society, there's people who are go-getters, there's losers, and then there's whiny people. And so the, kind of the reason of this podcast is trying to figure out or understand humans in a way to how to create a structure to help kids, teach them the proper ways. Because I'm thinking, for the longest I've been thinking, I've been writing this book in my head, basically. <laughs> a book, it's kind of, it'll be like a manual for preteens, maybe. And it's basically, it'll be a book of talking to kids, of showing them the basic truths that are kind of being hidden nowadays like for example it's gonna start off saying so you're a human you were born from a mom and a dad a male and a female who have a penis and a vagina and basically just being truthful and honest and straight up with kids and, and not let them get infiltrated by all this propaganda that now even men can get pregnant but basically broaden it out to everything to gender to religion to discipline um, to sexuality, basically, kind of cover all the topics that are kind of being used now to target and to turn on the kids. So, in this book that I'm writing, damn, I kind of lost my train of thought. But I'm yeah, basically, this whole podcast is trying to figure out how to write that book, how to how to talk to kids in a way and teach them properly to where then they grew up, they have that in themselves—that human spirit of not being offended or not being overtaken by their emotions, how to master their emotions to where if they're ever in a soccer game and somebody yells at them, how to maintain, like, control and calm and not let your emotions get the the best of you.
1: Yeah, man. That um, if you haven't read that book, send that to me because I'll let my kids read that.
0: <laughs> I need to but do it. I need to do it.
1: That do it. that um that reminds me of stoicism. I don't know how if you looked into stoicism at all.
0: Not much, but it doesn't it mean like how to be a proper, good, just human, or am I right? Yeah. Jeff?
1: So it comes from the ancient Rome. Seneca and Marcus Aurelius are most they're they're the most famous people for stoicism. But it's basically like yeah, self like detaching yourself. From emotions like good and bad not getting caught up on the you know the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows like you're at a place where you can be still with what happens and by all means it doesn't you know mean completely detach yourself like don't show affection for your wife or you know don't don't be cool with your bros but like just detaching yourself like emotionally so that you can have that state of mind where you're have that clarity,
0: yeah. I don't man. Know if that, that, Sense go
1: ahead. Uh, a good book recommendation I have is um Seneca, I think that's how you say it. Um, he he has a he wrote a book um that's very popular. Um, I have meditations by Marcus Aurelius.
0: I have I meditation, he, that's what it's called.
1: Yeah, it's called Meditations. It's literally so Marcus Aurelius. I don't know how much you know about him or yeah, how much you're He was you a ruler of Rome, yeah. So he was. He's known as one of the most, um, he's known as one of the best emperors of Rome. Mm -hmm. And he was known like uh, he, he saw a time of prosperity. And basically, Meditations is a compilation of his journal entries. Like that's the stuff that's in that book was not meant for anyone else to see. Oh, wow. So you're getting completely raw, unfiltered you know little tips from one of the greatest roman emperors
0: Uh, basically his diary
1: yeah exactly you're Uh, reading from his diary and it's a you know it's a pretty good book and it's it's written in like that that you know that type of english where you have to really slow down and you're like you know you just have to focus on each sentence but there's lots of value in it and i'm not even you know, I'm not even a quarter of the way through it because I, I like to read a lot of books at the same time. But yeah, um,
0: yeah. yeah, me too, bro. Yeah. I've just been getting back into books because, man, truth in media—the whole thing that I do—is I watch a lot of media. Yeah, uh, I've noticed that. So um, after I got into the book, The Alchemist, it had been the first book I haven't I've read like in fucking couple of years. I do pick up books once in a while, but I never finish them. So like you, kind of, I have yeah, a lot me of me too. I have a lot of books that I started and I'm a quarter way through and then I kind of just leave and come back maybe a year later or something. But after reading The Alchemist, I've I've ordered two more books and I'm actually reading them now. And I'm going to go ahead and order that one, brother. How about I order that one? Yeah, I'm going to order. I'm going to read it and then we do a podcast on it.
1: Heck yeah man that well I gotta get on it <laughs>
0: yeah it won't be for a while though because right now I'm actually booked for a while but uh yeah we'll definitely oh, that's do good that. man that's good though that's a good thing yeah yeah so I, I really want to do that because I keep hearing about Marcus how he was like a good leader he was just he was even trying to figure out a way to forgive his enemies like damn dude
1: yeah
0: but uh well, yeah, you, lots of good stuff, man. like what else give me another little insight
1: um well I got the book right here I am um, I saw something. I saw something cool that I that I shared with one of my friends. Um, maybe just give me a second to find it.
0: Okay, that's fine. I'm gonna actually read a quote because basically what this whole podcast is is uh, actually reminding me of this quote that I've posted several times, and it has to do with everything we're talking about—balance. You know, good. It's good that bad things happen, but then use those bad things to become even better. So there's this quote. It's, it's basically an old Chinese um, tale. It's not a tale. It's kind of like a little, just a little thing to, to, to repeat. I don't know what you would call this. Uh, a saying, maybe. So there's a student. He's talking to his master, who's like a, a warrior. So it goes like this. A student said to his master, you teach me about fighting, but you talk about peace. How do you reconcile the two? And so his master replies to him, It's better to be a warrior in a garden than to be a gardener in a war. So he's basically talking talking about that idea, like uh, Musashi said, the samurai guy. You have to know basically a little bit of everything, know how to garden and know how to fight with a sword because you're going to need to eat or you might need to protect your food from enemies. So it's kind of like finding that balance of always being ready, never letting your guard down, be it gardening, something that looks like... like for females or something, or be it fighting, or something that's a male-dominant thing. You have to be able to balance both in every world.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I totally agree to that. So I found a few. Um, if you want me to read only one, that's cool. But That's
0: fine. Go ahead. Let's show <laughs> one, and we'll, we'll, close, we'll come okay. to
1: the So this one is a great example of stoicism. To be pleased and content with what happens and with the thread which is spun for him. And not to defile the divinity which is planted in his breast, nor disturb it by a crowd of images, but to preserve it tranquil, following it obediently as a god, neither saying anything contrary to the truth, nor doing anything contrary to justice.
0: Damn, bro. That's fucking heavy, dude. It's crazy how just just the fact words, this language, he's spitting out words, but the way that he arranges them and what they mean and then the layers that you can break down like dude the way that people spoke like the people don't speak like that people talk so shitty and ghetto now it's like yeah man (laughs) i know what you mean dude like to speak that way from the heart and like really have conviction in your words and like trying to explain something like what he was talking about the thread and not to spin it in such a way like dude who thinks like that
1: yeah man it's it's awesome and here's another one that i think is pretty based that That, you know, I think he was ahead of his time for sure, but it says constantly regard the universe as one living being having one substance and one soul and observe how all things have reference to one perception, the perception of this one living being and how all things act with one moment and how all things are the cooperating causes of all things which exist. Observe too the continuous spinning of the thread and the contexture of the
0: web damn that's fucking heavy bro
1: yeah man
0: dude so when i read books steve i have a book I'll, i'll fold a sheet of paper i'll fold it and i'll use that as a bookmark and i'll start writing notes on it and by the time by halfway through the book i'll have like three four sheets of notes that i've taken so like you saying that you're only a quarter of the way through i i would be having like notes upon notes on all that shit that he's talking about
1: yeah man this is from like this is from like um 40 pages probably of like me just finding little quotes that I have highlighted.
0: Yeah, yeah man. See, if, so. if we could if, see like things like that, I would have to have those ideas and kind of disseminate them and break them down so that kids could understand and put them in a book kind of. That's what I'm kind of hoping yeah. for. I need to start right, actually mapping it out cuz I keep saying it, but I haven't concretized anything. So, I need to get you No, know, I keep
1: saying I keep saying that I'm going to start a podcast, but do it. it never comes to fruition. Yeah, I ha- I just have to do it.
0: Yeah. It's that doing it. It's just like, oh, you got to be a man of action. Get to it.
1: Yeah. 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 I got a buddy who has a podcast um, and he said he helped me. And there's a few websites he pointed me to that weren't anchor. I know you're on anchor, but
0: yeah, whatever uh, you can just to post something. Just make sure that it's a way that it won't get your shit taken down or have your shit backed up, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm, yeah, no, but sure, for sure, bro. This was a great talk. Um, I could keep on talking to you, but we did say you had uh something to do after, and I want to respect your time. But yeah, man, see, I love this conversation way more. It's free flow. We go off any tangent, and uh, we yeah, I like the
1: points we touched on.
0: Yeah, I, I I actually wrote a couple notes that um we can actually do another podcast of just the little kind of things we talked about. I want to talk about maybe next time stoicism, that meditations book, um. But most of all, stoicism. I'm going to research into that and kind of uh, help people understand what that is and kind of bring it back. Awesome. I think um, men especially,
1: stoicism is important.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, brother. But uh, thank you once again, Steve. Um, I'm gonna post this tonight, and with what you were talking about, Jocko, at the end, I'm actually gonna put that song, uh, "Good" by Jocko. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, nice. that's awesome. I, I really, um, I'm happy that we able to do
0: this. Yeah, same, brother, same. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm hoping there's more and more people like you out in the world that are young and are on that path of uh, just not taking shit from the world and like getting up and doing something. Yeah,
1: man. I, I think I found
0: a few people on. Uh,
1: um, in my area, so yeah. I'm fortunate enough.
0: That's good. Find the others. That's what that's what we're here to do. Exactly, exactly. I took that to heart from you too. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're here to do, folks. Um, be the best version of yourself, and uh, we're gonna do this again with Steve. And uh, as we close, do you have anything you want to share with the world? Any little good tip or um, something?
1: Closing closing thoughts for everyone. Um, no matter what life or what walk of life you're on, know that. That you have everything within you to advance and ascend right we are spiritual beings living a human experience a human life so we we're actually really fortunate to live a human life a human experience and so how can you use that to the best of your ability to find the others and to elevate the consciousness as a collective and help people because, you know, that's, that's what we're here to do. So if you feel like you're stuck in your situation, realize that, that it's all about your perspective on everything, and that you can turn things around for the better, no matter how shitty it is.
0: Um,
1: one, one person that came on your show that, that, you know, absolutely like, you know, their, their message touched my soul was, um, Jane healing by Jane. Mm -hmm. Um with with her story, um, you know, you can come from from the lowest of the lows and turn yourself around like it's completely possible. Um, and if you ever wanted to um, reach out to me, I'm on um, the best way to get to me would be for this kind of stuff would be on Twitter spiritual Steve underscore. If you ever wanted to chat, I'm open for chatting.
0: Yeah, send me that link bro I'll put it in the show notes. What is it? I'll write it down real quick too.
1: Um, Twitter at spiritual Steve underscore.
0: Uh, underscore between spiritual and Steve or at the end? After. I'll I'll send you the link, too. Okay, spiritual Steve on, on Twitter, guys. Y'all go hit him up. A young guy trying to just figure out his way in the world. And while you were saying that, brother, it reminded me of another quote. This comes from the Gospel of Thomas, and it kind of just closes everything nicely. It'll, it'll, it says this. If you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. However, if you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. Mm, I love that. That's awesome. So again, thank you, Steve, for doing this. Uh, I love talking with you, buddy. Uh, we'll do this again some other time. And again, everybody, remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. All right, guys. That was my conversation with Steve, the kid. That dude's badass. I hope, I really hope there's thousands of him like that out there. Kids like trying to look back at old school things like Marcus Aurelius, just Stoicism, ancient stuff like that, because all that stuff's lost now, man. They've erased all that, all that is good and, and proper in the world. <sighs> it's, sometimes it's frustrating, but I think it's necessary. It's necessary for us to have this great awakening of, of worldwide consciousness becoming one, becoming online and I've, it's gonna happen at one point or another I see I've seen it in my head many many times and it's gonna happen and uh, we're gonna have to go through a lot of pain though it's gonna suck it's like having giving birth to a kid or a butterfly changing it, it, at the moment while you're going through it it seems like a crisis you know when you're having the baby oh my god I'm in pain my water broke um, all these changes are happening in my body or the butterfly all of a sudden it starts the cells start turning into uh, the caterpillar cells start turning into butterflies, and it's one cell at first and then another, and then by the time you know it, it turns into a cocoon, and then by the time you know it, a butterfly. So any kind of change, there's transitional points, and they might seem like they suck, but they're necessary. They're required for the change to occur. So these are just the birthing pangs, guys, just... uh, Push through and we'll get to it. And like I said, I think I told uh, Jocko, I don't know it was on, but I'm going to end with this song that we talked about, which uh, it comes from that speech that Jocko gave. Uh, it's called Good. And it's basically saying any of the bad shit that happens in your life uses it as an excuse to get better and to do good. So thank you again, guys, for listening. I love y'all. If y'all want to hop on the show like Steve, he's a fan. He's like my number one fan, I think. Uh, He's always hitting me up with links and the shows he loves and all that. But if you want to get on, you want to talk with like-minded people, hit me up on Instagram. I am truth dot in dot media. All one word, no spaces, just truth in media dot in between truth and in, and you'll find me and we'll set something up. We'll talk or you can just go through my posts. I'm sure you're gonna like the shit that you see and you can start a conversation with the people in the comments and find the others, guys, because that's how we win. We have to conglomeratize, become one, and spread. We're like the cells of a butterfly. There's one here, there's one in North Carolina where Steve is, there's one in England where my homegirl is, they're all over the world and you just gotta help the other ones change into them, too. So we're gonna end with Good. Um, The the artist is actually Akira the Don. He has a bunch of great songs I think y'all should check out. Akira the Don on Spotify actually I I keep thinking of how to make money on this podcast so I have a couple ways that I thought about maybe y'all guys would maybe help support or pitch in it's things I think y'all would enjoy so one idea I have is I'm gonna probably start making stickers of that QR code that I create and um, created and have it's basically a QR code that you scan and it takes you to a playlist that I created and I've curated for over ten years of videos that I've watched and I've held onto because these videos have the potential to wake people up. It's over 300 of them. Some of them are songs, some of them are documentaries, some of them are lectures, uh, some of them are just ideas, but I feel all of them hold the, the potential to wake up the normies or the people who are already awake to just fill them with more knowledge and hope. So I feel like i make probably stickers of that, sell them maybe three, five bucks a piece, and you can use these stickers and stick them around your town, you know, help this idea grow. Put them on gas pumps, put them on grocery store carts, put them on elevators, put them in restroom stalls, uh, crosswalk signs, basically high traffic areas where people will see this QR code. And um, on it, I wrote, Raise Your Consciousness, but I think I'm gonna make variations one that says, Raise Your Consciousness, one that says, Who am I? one that says, I don't know, y'all send me ideas. Uh, for Klaus Schwab, The New World Order, or just tantalizing, basically clickbait things to get people to scan this code. So that's one idea I have. Another idea I have is I've also created these playlists on Spotify for years now. And um, I have one for mushrooms and I have one for tripping on acid. So I guess maybe I'll create something where you send me three, five bucks. I send you this playlist. And on mushrooms, I have, let's see how many songs I have. Let me see if it'll tell me. Let's see, playlist mushroom sh- doesn't tell me, guys. Let's see. I have enhance on. No, well, I don't know, guys. It's basically more than a hundred songs. So this, with this playlist, you can basically have several trips, and you won't come across the same songs. But I'm thinking I'm probably gonna say sell that the link to these. I know it's it's cringy to be selling shit for someone who talks about spirituality and growth, but that's what it requires. Like I said, you need to sacrifice something in order to adapt or to change. And any kind of change or adaption or growth, there's payment. It's either through being uncomfortable, like working out. You work out, it sucks, it hurts. But after, you get bigger, right? Okay, well, like this, you want to grow, you want to really feel something, you wanna share maybe the type of music I listen to, well the sacrifice is your time, how you earn money. And save me three bucks, it's a beer guys. Buy me a beer and I'll share with you this playlist of songs that you're gonna love. I promise you, I promise you. <laughs> if you like this show, you're gonna like these songs because this is me and you're gonna get to know a little bit more about me. But anyways, now I'm just rambling. Couple methods just to make money or send me a tip there's gonna be long, a link down below. I'm just trying to make money, guys. Imagine if I could make a living off this podcast and I don't have to work. How much more time I would have, how many more books I can read to like share with y'all some badass information. Food for thought. Send me some cash, please. It's to make the world a better place. But anyways, okay, again, we're gonna end with Akira the Don with this song called Good. And uh, go check out Steve. Go check out my stuff on Instagram. Go read a book, go meditate, take your shoes off, go walk outside on the bare grass, put your arms out in the sky and say thank you. Thank you. Oh, and after the podcast, me and Steve kept on talking and I recommended him the movie Jungle. Y'all go watch the movie Jungle. Uh, fuck, I'm going to look it up really quick. Let me pause this. Okay, I found it. The movie name is Jungle. It came out in 2017 and it's... uh. It has that guy from Harry Potter, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Um, and he's a great actor, actually. I never really liked him because I never really liked Harry Potter, but uh, he does a great job on this movie. All I say for this movie, I don't want to ruin it for y'all, is about these kids who are traveling around the world, and they end up in South America, and this guy tells them that they can have the adventure of their life, and I'll just leave it at that. Y'all go check it out. Y'all really love it. I'm actually thinking of doing actually a podcast on that too, but we'll see. So to end, I'm just rambling now. Sorry, guys. I hope y'all stick with me to the end. And if y'all do, I love you. This is Akira the Don, Jocko Wilnick, Wilnick, the name of the song is called Good. Uh, Remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace.
2: have a fairly simple way of dealing with these situations it is actually one word to deal with all those situations and that is good this is actually something that one of my guys that worked for me pointed out to me He would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on. And he'd say, boss, we got this and that and the other thing. And I'd look at him and I'd say, good. One day he was telling me about some issue that he was having. He said, I already know what you're going to say. I said, well, what am I going to say? He said, you're going to say Good. That's it. That's it. That's it. When things are going bad, 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 don't get all bummed out, don't get startled, don't get frustrated. No. And no, no, no. just look at the issue.